Welcome to the Victorious Souls Podcast with self-love coach, Danielle Burnock. Things happen in our lives that make us feel powerless. But Danielle believes that anyone can become a victorious soul by reclaiming what belongs to them, their value, their belovedness, and their God-given superpower. The Victorious Souls Podcast is dedicated to empowering you to rise up, reclaim, and embrace the change from survive to thrive as a victorious soul through the power of love. And now, here's that lady on the internet who loves you, Danielle. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to my live interview today. I am very excited to be sharing with you a gentleman named Raj Montage. He is an empath, he is a trauma survivor, and he is also a podcast host. He is one of the first podcasts I started listening to, and I'm very excited to share his story with you and, and why he started this podcast and what he's been through and I'll just share him with you. He's a, del a delightful gentleman. And I just can't wait to share him with you. I'm going to bring him in here uh, as soon as I can get my, myself together here. That's so funny. Oh, and I didn't say who I am. For those of you who don't know me, I am Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com. Love yourself from Survive to Thrive, that lady on the internet who loves you with Raj Montage. I'm going to bring him in here right away. <laughs> hey, how are you? Hey, Raj, you I can't see your face. <laughs> yeah. Now, well, you were there for a minute. I, I love technology. <laughs> Thank you for joining me today. I already tripped uh, yeah. over myself. I, I actually like to get that out of the way right at the beginning. <laughs> I forgot to say who well, I was because I don't always have the same people. So you always have to say who you are, right? And this is Raj Montage <laughs> from the On Call Empath with me, Danielle Bernard, today. Thank you, Raj. I told the people that you were one of the first podcasts I started listening to. So um, I'm just delighted yeah. to have you on my my live today and then you'll be on my podcast too and I just thank you thank you it's a true true honor I wanted to before we get started just if you would share a little bit with the people um you know how you grew up and what kind of trauma it is that you've been fighting to overcome just to give them a little yeah. taste of uh, what you've been through and you know share with them sure well, it's still an ongoing process. So I feel like trauma uh, is something that is you keep on learning lessons mm -hmm. and you build just like you're building a house. Um, when I started off, obviously, coming from a different culture, uh, we had certain expectations, norms, and not just like the family part. I'm talking about like the whole community. Mm -hmm. um, you're, you're supposed to um, live up to certain expectations, you know go to school, get education, get married, have kids and do that type of thing. And, you know, not everybody is molded for that. And I knew at a young age that I was a little different because I started doing things when I was small, that was different. I was more left brain. I'd be more into music, more into art. Um, mm -hmm. I, 
I do all this stuff at school and people would be like, wow, this guy could draw really well. He can play the guitar really well. And fast forward to today, that's, that's what I, you know, that's my hobbies, you know, obviously, but what led me down this path of the on-call empath is, you know, when I was young, I, I just didn't feel like I fit in because mm-hmm. I was getting pulled in two different directions. You know, I, you know, I had to live uh, do expectations of my culture, my family, uh, and then I had to switch. And when I went to like school and my friends, they was totally different because they're like, hey, how come, you know, how come you have to do this? And how come you got to, you know, do this mm-hmm. this way and talk to your parents this way and go around the back door that way? And, and I couldn't really explain to them, like, this is how our culture is because uh, mm-hmm. I'm East Indian. And um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but, uh, you know, the culture, I mean, at least when I was growing up, it, it's it's very, I'll just say it, it's very judgmental. Um, they look at what you have and you're a product of your family. So mm-hmm. they expect you and they push you in, in good ways to mm-hmm. go to school, be very successful, make lots of money, make little <laughs> babies and make your parents proud. However, that that can be very detrimental for somebody who you know, I wasn't very studious at school. I was never really good. I was always vigilant. Mm-hmm. And so one thing I want to point out is I was constantly on high alert in the classroom, at home. I just didn't feel like I was, I could be myself. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't know what an empath was. I didn't know what a highly sensitive person was. Um, every time I talked about it to other people, they're like, dude, that's all in your head. Like, just toughen up, man, grow up, you know? And so those are the types of people I was surrounded by, like tough love. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, <clears throat> those types of people, when I grew up, ended up, you know, in certain areas in my workforce. And, you know, uh, I'm sure you know what a narcissist is. So mm-hmm. I, got, I had a lot of attraction to narcissists. And so I started studying that. And I started mm-hmm. looking really deeply into narcissism, um, what not to do what to do, how to handle them, uh, not to piss them off, not to be a supply, how to protect myself. Um, And so empaths and narcissism go hand in hand because a lot of empaths that that I've coached and and talked to on my podcast, they all say that they have this, um, they have abilities, natural abilities, but they always attract like narcissists or people that are not good for them. And mm-hmm. so that's how I kind of went into the empath uh, role. And, and so it started from a young age. I had no idea like what empath was, HSP. Then I started looking into it more. And, you know, now at, at this stage, I'm, I'm uh, fully invested into being proud to be an empath, not ashamed. And I, I can tell people like, you know, I, I have boundaries. I, I need my time. Uh, I, I may need stuff longer to process things and feel comfortable, but Mm -hmm. I'm just as capable as anybody else. And, and this podcast is, is a reflection of that and the thousands of people that listen to it um, and tell me like, yeah, I, I can resonate with that guy. And and that's why I do it. Wow. Now you had um, shared some, some of your story with me before, and I wanted to ask you to share with the other people, um, what did you do to, to cope with your, your challenges of your identity and the, the not measuring up and then not being able to be yourself? How did you cope with that in ways that 
didn't work for you. Yeah. Well, there was a lot of trial and error. So I've tried everything underneath the sun, you know, from therapy to um, going into men's group, then just looking into uh, different spiritual practices, um, natural medicine. Um, mm -hmm. So I've tried like the spectrums of things. But what resonated me, you know, the most was being true to myself and, and being one with nature and being true to myself, being able to coach myself. Now, back then, I didn't know how to coach anyone, let alone myself. Like, <laughs> I was a mess. Like, I just, I would keep going to people like, hey, please, please help me and be vulnerable. Now, one thing I want to say is you got to be careful who you go and who you trust. Because I've been to some people, even therapists, that have told me like, you know, don't even bother going to college. You know, you're just not made, you're not college material. Um, you know, you might as well just start working at a grocery store. And I can remember this guy's face. And he, he's still in the area. He's a lot older now. But that is something that's ingrained in the back of my head, those words that came out. And that moment, I knew that something was different. I started questioning myself. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's not. Like, but it took me to fall on my face and trying many things, many modalities to figure out that, you know, sometimes experts are wrong. Oh, and definitely. Living, your story of what you're sharing of what the therapist said to you, I mean, which was just wrong. Reminds me not of, to say, yeah. a ballerina, Misty Copeland. I don't know if you're familiar with her, but she got this from, she applied to some ballet school. I don't know the name of it. It's not important, but it was big to her. And it was where she wanted to go to ballet school. She wanted to be a ballerina. Well, they told her she couldn't, she not only couldn't go to school there, but they told her to just, you cannot be a ballerina as if they had the right to say that because you don't have the body of a ballerina. Yeah. And she went and became a phenomenal ballerina. <laughs> and I love those stories. She, she owned it as, you know, like you can't not make me. And that's, that's, what, that's what owning your life is. That's what you did. You came to a point where you embodied a quote that I love by Carol Burnett that's like, only I can change my life. Nobody can do it yeah. for me. And you did that. You're like, you, you told me how you came to a point where it's like, if my life's going to change, I have to do something about it. Right. So what brought you to that point of like, today's the day or I'm going to own it. What, what, what brought you right. to that point? That's a very good question because I get asked that from a lot of people. And, um, and so one of the things that, that was like an aha moment, if you want to call it that mm -hmm. was, you know, I, I hit the bottom, I had to hit the rock bottom. Like I, I was at a point where I wasn't functioning. I wasn't getting up. I wasn't taking care of my body. Um, I was, I'd had no regimen. I was just all over the place. And I just wow. had to sit down and really ask myself and journaling really helped me with this was, you know, what is it that I want and why do I want to get better? Like, what is my why? Yeah. And so I ask every person, even on my podcast, I, you know, I tell them, tell people out there, what is your why? Why do you get up and go to work? Why do you, you know, why are you a mother to your kids? Why, why do you think that's important? Or why do you want to do such a great job for somebody who doesn't care about you so much? You know, so once I started asking these questions of why, mm -hmm. then the, then the answers started coming very clearly. And it didn't happen overnight. I, 
I had to go through, like I said, not only just therapists, but doctors, because I had physical ailments, back issues, um, you know, migraines, all the physical part. But that was all tied into my nervous system. And um, you know, I talk about TMS a lot where it's the mind body is connected as one. Mm-hmm. So once I started studying that, that, you know, everything is linked, you know, er- every pain that I had, um, it wasn't serious, but my, my brain was telling me like, Hey, danger, danger. Mm-hmm. And that was from past, past trauma. And so yeah. um, I got to the point where I started to say, okay, what do I have to do to coach myself? You know, cause I've asked every person I've watched every YouTube video I've watched, you know, I've read a couple books, you know, it's like, we could do all that, but if we don't take action, nothing's going to change. Exactly. That's something I always say is you have to do the work. I, I did one of these before and there's out that old saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it. <laughs> and you know, and people yeah. can buy the book, but if they don't do what it says, if you can go to counseling, but if you don't follow the directions, if you don't do the work, it takes work, it takes a lot of work, doesn't yeah. it? It does. And, and I even tell people that listen to the podcast, it's like, you can listen all you want and write down notes but if you don't actually take action and do it, it, it's more just like you're just thinking that something's going to fall on your lap. And unfortunately, the universe doesn't work that way. You have to put in the work, even if it means failing and sucking at something that you're not good at. The fact that you're doing something, that's what that counts the most. Right. You can't steer a car that's parked. <laughs> I mean, you could try, but you're going to wear out those tires just, you know, doing. <laughs> but when you're moving, then you're like, oh, well, then you can back up. You can turn around. You know, that's what we do sure. with, with, you know, how bad do you want it? One of the core values of my organization, Victoria Souls, is a warrior mindset. You know, and that's, that's, it's so important. It's like, how bad do you want it? Do you want, you know, you discovered your why you were looking for your why and it's such good advice and pause here and address you, my listening audience. What is your why? And if you don't have a why, start asking yourself why questions, ask other people why questions, prime the pump in yourself to get the why answers coming out. I know there's a, um, I think it's Toyota that they have a five-step why, a process to get to the bottom of a problem that I learned through my mentor, uh, Carrie Oberbrunner, it's in his book, Unhackable, which I'm a certified coach for. <laughs> they um, were in his show filled up. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's just, I got it from him. The five questions, it's like, well, the thing doesn't work. Well, why? Because this, this part broke. Well, why did that part break? Because, and then it leads to this other reason, because you know, it doesn't have this piece on it. Well, why doesn't it have this piece on it? Well, because it doesn't work with that. Well, and then and all right. that to, there was a filter that was missing is why the whole thing broke. But you had to ask why, 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 why to get to the bottom of it. You know, and sometimes we can be so hard on ourselves. We want the answer with the first why. <laughs> you know, well, I wanted answers right away. Like yeah. if it didn't work, it's not working. But the thing is, you have to do it thousands of times and keep on just bugging away. Because if one avenue was like closed, I would most of the time I would just give up and, and, and to be like, it's not working. But just the moment I started looking at different avenues, different ways to go around things, asking more than just why do I think that I should do something, 
mm-hmm. then it gets to the point where you're just like, okay, this is not, there's no magic pill. Like I can't, I can't just snap my fingers and be cured. You know, it doesn't work that I wish it was that easy, but <laughs> the trauma it's, it's a life process. Right. And it's just how much did it affect and how long did it take you to get there? And then life happens while we're on our journey. Mm-hmm. Like this last yeah. year and a half of COVID, that's throwing trauma out in the world. And so mm-hmm. throw that on top of the pile. And mm-hmm. every day we have to learn something new and how to, mm-hmm. you know, shift our, our life around the things, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I tell people it's not a race. You know, I'm not trying to compare my, my healing with, with some people out there myself. I'm going to heal on my own time frame, And that could be in my 80s, 90s, 100, who knows? It could be mm-hmm. tomorrow, but I'm focusing just on myself. I'm not saying that, you know, uh, there's a timeline that, that you have to follow. You're going to heal when you're ready. Right. Right. And we're not ready for certain parts of healing at a certain time. It's, you know, and you have okay. to go through the layers. You can't, you can't yeah. go to the center without going through <laughs> the layers to get there. Yeah. Peel it back like an onion, you know, and then when you do that, you cry when you do with onions. And so crying is part of the process too, but tears are actually very healing. I've learned that tears are, they have a different molecular makeup for why you're crying. There's been a study done. You look at them under the microscope and they look different. If you're crying because you're happy, you're sad, you're angry, you're frustrated, they, they all look different. So they're there. Their therapy. <laughs> so, yeah. Now, um, I wanted to ask you, uh, when did you start your podcast? So that people can hear, when did you start it? Why <laughs> did you start it? And why do you focus on highly sensitive people and empaths? Good question. Um, right before the pandemic, um, you know, I had a lot of ideas in my head and I wanted to start some movement and I wanted to speak in my voice. And this is a story that I, I think I've told a couple of people on my podcast is, um, I don't know if you believe in like people, some people are here on this planet to kind of guide you or nudge you. Um, and I think that I had to go through a couple people where they kept telling me like, you have to get your voice out there. Everything that you're saying, all that feeling, Imagine mm-hmm. if you can share it with the world. Your your voice needs to be a microphone. And I remember this one conversation with this um, one lady that I was talking to, and, and she just kept pushing me. She's like, just, just do like something, like do like a podcast or a recording. And I told her, I just don't have the confidence. I don't want people to know like what I've been through. It's embarrassing. Who's going to listen anyways? But she well, kept encouraging you. <laughs> and I had no idea why. And so I do feel that there are certain people, key people that come into our lives that um, make us, or maybe if we're lost, they kind of nudge you to mm-hmm. the direction of your purpose. Because I had no direction. And she just kept saying, why don't, why don't you do it? Why don't you do it? And I'm like, okay, okay, I'm just going to do one episode. And that's it. And I sound like crazy. And so I did it. And it sounded so bad that I erased it. And then I was like, I sound terrible. Who wants to listen to my voice? So then she got back on and she's like, just, just trust me, just do it one more time and don't think about it. Don't edit it. Just let it come out. So I did. 
And I remember the first episode that I did, it was just me, myself. There was no guests. And I just let it, let it rip. And then when I did that, I got a lot of good feedback from random people, from people on Facebook. And I was like, wait a minute. I think I might be on to something. Let me try a second one and a third one and a fourth one. And a hundred episodes later, you know, hundreds, even yourself were, was on my podcast. I've had hundreds of people and it's ranked now in the top 10. Had, how would I have gotten that far if it wasn't for that one person trying to nudge me? Not to say like she was the reason why I did it. And no, she was just is- a part of your story and she was a key part of your story. I believe I believe God puts people in our lives for yeah. stuff like that. And I believe you were put in my life because you were one of the first podcasts I started listening to. I've had people tell me to start a podcast uh, for a long time. And actually listening to yours is what encouraged me to uh, start mine. So that mean, I want to thank so you much for listening to that lady. I'm thankful yeah. for that lady who came into well, your life and, and encouraged you. And it's like, and how these are ripple yeah. effects. You throw a rock in a pond, you get ripples. And so it's just going to ripple good all over the place. Here's the, here's the kicker on that story where I'm going to leave you with. After I started getting going, I, I never heard from her again. And that was really unsettling for me. I don't know. Like I, her number was disconnected. She, she was calling from a Canadian number. And we were talking for weeks and I met her in a support group. But then once I started to get the ball rolling, it, it felt like she, she came to do one thing. And then once that was done, she, she removed huh, herself. Interesting. I, yeah. I just knew her first name, Katerina, and that was it. So if she's listening, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, there you go. Maybe she is. Hopefully. I don't know. COVID happened to a lot of people. It was a hard year. So, yeah. But um, you, you focus on the highly sensitive people and the empaths. Is that because you wrestled with that part of your life growing up? Yeah, I mean, I didn't know or identify as an empath until probably a couple like years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. it took me a t- some time to study it because at first I'm like, what what is an empath? Like, I don't know. And so I started reading about it. And it's basically somebody that has abilities to read people. So I can be in a room and I can see someone's body language, you know, how they're crossing their arms, how they're looking at you, the vibe that they get. I naturally, when I see somebody that has a negative vibe, like Mm -hmm. I start to get tired. I start to like withdraw. So these things, um, I didn't know why they were, why that was happening to me. Like every time I go near somebody that was toxic or a narcissist, Mm -hmm. I would start to feel kind of sick. I'd have some pain. Um, And so I started writing it down. I'm like, wait a minute. This has something to do with, you know, empaths and highly sensitive people. And then when I got involved with the community online, there was a whole world full of empaths, highly sensitive people, where when they were small, they were, you know, a lot of them went through trauma and they had to figure out how to survive. Mm -hmm. And so you don't have to be an empath or a highly sensitive person to really get, you know, to identify um, trauma in a certain way. I feel like even if you went through any type of trauma, you could still have these natural abilities Mm -hmm. and you can be very good at reading people. And it's basically following your gut and trusting your gut. And that's why that really resonated with me. And then once I got hooked up with the community, I'm like, 
I'm going to run with it. And uh, it it's good to feel ident being identifiable with, with something. And so I identify that through my podcast. That's awesome. I'm really glad about that. I had read the book, Highly yeah. Sensitive People, which HSP or however that was. It was the first time I'd heard that term because I grew up with constantly being belittled for being too sensitive <laughs> and yeah. things. And, and I'm very sensitive to touch and stuff. Like, I don't know if you ever yeah. heard the, the, the nursery rhyme or not nursery rhyme, the, um, uh, the like a children's story of Princess and the Pea. <laughs> I don't know if you've ever heard that story, but you know, some princess, she, I don't know why she was going where she was, but she ended up this house and there was a pea that she was being tested if she was a real princess, if she could feel the pea under the mattress. And there's like 20 mattresses on this bed or something, she could still feel the pea. It's like, <laughs> if I say that, I'll, I'll <laughs> feel a hair on my skin or, you know, I just, I'm real sensitive to stuff like that. And I always think of that story. So, um, yeah. so. The princess in the piece, she was a highly sensitive person too. <laughs> yeah. And it's a superpower. Yeah. That's what else I found out. I mean, I yeah. used to be like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm damaged goods or I don't want people to know about it. But now I'm just like, dude, I can do stuff that if more people did it, we wouldn't be in so much turmoil, oh, yeah. I guess you could say, with the world. I mean, yeah, because I mean, we tend to put people first, which kind of, you know, kind of works against us but once you learn to keep your boundaries and stop people pleasing putting yourself and that's a process and that's hard for empaths and highly sensitive people to do because we're wired a certain way because we tend to want to please and not mm -hmm. rock the boat and not upset people but i'm i'm happy to say i'm at a point where i can just say no and not explain myself and smile and walk away where i couldn't do that a year ago i mean i would just I'm like, ah, I, get, I bet I got to work that extra shift or I'm not going to get a raise. Or if I'm not nice to this person, um, they're going to be upset with me and I can't live with myself having someone upset with me. I read a quote yesterday says, if everyone likes you, you have bigger problems. So, <laughs> wow. So I'm trying to get people not to like me. So. <laughs> <laughs> trying to get people if not that to like me. Sense. That's a new thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to remember that. That's really cool. So. Wow. <laughs> I had a question here and it just eluded me for a second because um, I just got off on that. Make people not like me. <laughs> yeah. We tend, we want people to like us so much. We get sick over it. Mm. Oh my God. This, hundreds of people like me, but this one person that doesn't mm. can't sleep at night. <laughs> or I get oh, one wow. bad comment on, on my podcast. Like this, this episode was terrible, but I got all the other good ones. I can't, I'm like very critical. But once I started to let go and be like, that's okay. In fact, bad publicity, negativity, if I'm not having a lot of that, then I'm not doing it right. I have to have, you know, both yin and yang. You got to have a little yeah. bit of both. Can't be all yeah. good and perfect. Yeah, I've been told you, you haven't, you haven't yeah. gotten any, you haven't made any traction until you've gathered some haters. <laughs> yeah. So you got to try and get the haters too, huh? They're they're probably one of the reasons that boosts a lot of my my analytics because when they I mean not all, I don't get a lot but like when I do I do answer them and I, I'm like please explain yourself I I want to know I'm truly interested in why you thought it was like not resonating with you or oh because this and that and a lot of times they have internal problems and they're going through a lot themselves so once you open the ear to them then you'll see like the real person come out and they're like hey you know 
maybe I was a little too hard. And all that it took was for me to be like, because people like to be heard. Oh, and right. that's one thing I will tell you after 100 episodes, people like to talk. They like to talk about themselves, their stories. <laughs> and I like to listen. So it's perfect mm-hmm. storm. And so I think that's it's very therapeutic as well to to um, listen to other people, because a lot of times I'll, I'll just listen and just shut my mouth and I'll learn from it. Or before I'm like, oh, I don't need to learn all that. And so once I opened my mind that there's many ways to skin a cat to heal, I mean, you just don't have to go the medical route and therapy and medication, which for some is perfect. And there's nothing right. wrong with that. But oh, I me, agree. <laughs> I mean, trauma is personal. That's one of my quotes from my book. Trauma is personal, but so is healing. Healing is personal because everyone is different. We're all unique creations and we're all different. Mm -hmm. We all have different fingerprints. I mean, we're all so unique. And you had mentioned how, you know, a year ago you couldn't do what you do now. And I just want to bring up to my audience here for them to notice that you are on video today, which a year ago, you were not on video either. And so I want to encourage them with, <laughs> you know, wherever you're at in your journey, just keep moving forward. And you take one more step, one more step. And then you look back a year from now and you go, wow, look what I did. And I just like Raj here, you know, a year ago, he wasn't on video. So I didn't even ask him because I do these videos. And as soon as I saw him on video, I'm like, yeah. Raj, come. <laughs> yeah, come I remember that. When I, when I, you were one of my first uh, couple episodes and um, I remember telling you that this is only audio and I felt really cringy, like saying it like that. I'm like, I hope she doesn't think like, cause I wanted to do video and I think you knew that cause uh-huh. I told you that I might do it in the future. But once I opened the floodgates and people like yourself was giving me encouragement, hey, it's nice to see who's behind the on-call empath. <laughs> so I always had these sunglasses on or I'd be covering my face. And the minute I took the mask off and the sunglasses off, it was just, I was addicted. I'm like, hey, it's not that bad. And so I want to thank you personally for for helping me with that. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. I'm delighted that you're doing that. And it is, it's like that. Once you do it, like you did your first audio, you know, you said oh, you, yeah. you, you deleted the first one, but then once you put it out there, and that's one of the reasons why I want to do mine live, why I do so many things live. I do very little pre-recorded yeah. of anything because you can't edit live. <laughs> you can't edit live. You are just here live and they get you how you are. And it reminds them that you're human. It reminds me that I'm human <laughs> because right. nobody's perfect. And we need to remember that because... We fall into that. Somehow we think that we need to be perfect and it's even heightened when you've been through trauma. But I think everyone falls into that. But so it's like, however, we can constantly climb over. I'm a human. I have this affirmation thing that I give to people says your humanity is showing just like everybody else. (laughs) What, What I like about you is you're very transparent with a lot of your content. And that's what kind of drew me to you to have you on my podcast because you're like, whatever happens, happens. And, and that's why with these lives, it's like, there's not, you're being genuine. And, and that's for empaths. We, we like that. We, we admire that because that's what it's all about. It's showing people that off camera, you're the same person. Cause you are like, when I talk to you on the phone or before this, you're the same mm-hmm. as you are in camera. And that I think 
is really tough, especially with social media, because you'll have two sides. I've heard a lot of people that are one way and then they'll talk to a certain another way. But if you're constantly the same on camera and off camera, people will flock to you. And I think that's why you're so successful in what you do. And I think a lot of the audience, they're smarter than we think. And they'll know <laughs> and they can see through BS. So I think that's, you've got that going for you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. So yeah. tell, tell the audience how people can connect with you. Where can they find you online? How can they connect with you? Well, um, you can join the Facebook group. You can type in the on-call empath. Um, I have an Instagram page, the on-call empath. Um, I have a podcast. You can go on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. I would be honored for anyone to uh, listen to it, give me feedback. So just type in the on-call empath on Google and you'll see a bunch of stuff come up on social media. I have Twitter. I just opened uh, another account on um, Reddit. So um, just many ways to contact me. And um, so, yeah, it's pretty, pretty straightforward. Oh, well, thank you so much for being with me today, Raj. Absolutely. It was an honor. And I look forward to having you on my podcast again in the future. So. Oh, I'd love that. I'd love that. <laughs> I just love chatting with you. And I know that uh, everybody loved having you today. So thank you so much. I'll talk to you in a yeah. couple minutes. All right. Keep up the great work. Thanks. Okay, so thank you everyone for listening today, for watching today, for being with us today. I know that it was a great time with Raj. It's always, I love speaking with him about, you know, what he's doing with the on-call empath and how we can just support one another and encourage one another and to help people to stand up for themselves and to ask yourself, why? Why are you struggling? Why are you getting up in the morning? Why do you want to do what you do? Ask yourself questions. Questions are the tools of the explorer. So I want to encourage you until next time to use questions in your life, explore the parts of, of your life so you can take ownership of your life and you can really live. And so until next time, I'm Danielle Burnock from DanielleBurnock.com. Love yourself from Survive to Thrive, that lady on the internet who loves you. Mwah. Thank you so much for listening to the Victorious Souls Podcast. You matter and you are loved. We'd love to connect with you further. So please visit us at daniellebernock.com and grab a copy of Danielle's free audiobook. And remember, only you can change your life. No one can do it for you. <laughs>